Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. This episode is powered by Poddex. Hey everybody, what's up? Hello, good afternoon, konnichiwa. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Pop. It's the podcast, all things pop culture. I'm your host, Stefan Chess. Of course, joining me, my co-host, Pico, will be joining us in a little bit. Um, I do want to, I don't know if you guys follow us on Twitter at Pop Talking, but we had some audio difficulties. We actually had a good episode we recorded Saturday night. For some reason, um, the app that we ended up using to record pretty much did not save the file, so we pretty much lost almost an hour of some good stuff. So I did go on Twitter, <laughs> I tweeted out apologies, so well, at least you got one week break from us, because there's a lot of stuff that happened over the past week, that I kind of figured, you know what, let's do it today, like our normal schedule. So yeah, first time we missed a week in a wow, since we went weekly, so um for ado, um, let's get on with it. I do want to do a big shout out to Poddex. Um, make sure you listen, you pay attention to that ad read I did earlier, and also to Anchor for sponsoring our podcast. Also, I thank our storefront Teespring for selling our merch. You can get our merch at teespring.com/stores/talkandpop. We got merch. Hopefully soon, I'll put up the new shirt with the new logo soon. Other than that, um, let's get on with it. Um, I think the biggest thing that I saw in the news today is pretty much um, with the whole talks of Space Jam the new legacy I don't think people are talking about Space Jam 2 even though this is supposed to be a new thing they switched directors 
Originally, Ryan Coogler was supposed to help direct, but they ended up going with Malcolm D. Lee because Ryan Coogler is got busy. He's got other projects he's working on, of course, you know, getting the preliminaries of Black Panther 2. They're beginning in the early stages as well. But slowly, um, they've been sharing a lot of new, a lot of like, you know, a lot of tidbits and stuff like up for the upcoming movie that's like the hit theaters and HBO Max in summer of this year. Um, of course, it's starring LeBron James, Don Cheadle's in it, and of course, the Looney Tunes will be in it. But not just the Looney Tunes in general, but also like Waterverse properties, like you know, the DC Universe will be featured in there as well. And of course, you know, like King Kong, because King Kong is pretty much like, you know, public domain, so they can use them as much as they want. Um, basically, I was reading up on it, and pretty much the synopsis is pretty much like LeBron plays like a movie version of himself, like a Zachary version of himself. And it's trying to push his son to follow his dreams of playing basketball. And of course, they play this virtual game online. And of course, they get trapped in this virtual world run by this ruthless AI played by Don Cheeto. In turn, LeBron must play a game, must hit with Looney Tunes, to play the team assembled by this evil AI who's kidnapped LeBron's son, whose team is comprised of overly powered NBA and WNBA superstars. And of course, the entertainment magazine kind of like pretty much, you know, released like the first shots. And I guess they're, the way they made Louis Tunes look is pretty much more like that whole mix of cartooniness, but at the same time, give them somewhat, somewhat of a realism look, you know, make their first stand out because technically it's like in a virtual space. So that's how they're being introduced. Um, the biggest thing that a lot of people, two things they were taking away from the previews of Space Jam 2 was the whole design of Lola Bunny herself. This is a, it's a big, you know, it's like, I mean, this character, you know, she's been through a lot. She was first introduced in the original Space Jam, of course, the way she was made, you know, you know, she was made to appeal not just, honestly, appeal more to the adult demographic as well, because, you know, I mean, come on, pretty obvious if you look at her old design. So, when they released the new screenshot for like the new Space Jam movie, she was giving them a more athletic look. You know, they kind of toned down her sex appeal, you know, tried to bring out her athleticism, her empowerment, you know, female empowerment, all that. And, it, and I found this article, of course, um, that the director who took over for the project, Malcolm Lee, said that one of the goals of making the Space Jam, even though she's a sequel, but obviously it's like a reboot, was to adjust the tune's very sexualized image to something more kid-friendly while also grounding her character in a narrative. And this is what he says. This is an article taken from Collider. He pretty much says, and I quote, This is 2021. It's important to reflect the authenticity of strong, capable female characters. So we worked a lot of things. Not only her look, but like making sure she has the appropriate length of her shorts, was feminine without being objectified, but gave her a real voice. For us, it was let, let's grab her athletic proudness, her leadership skills, and make her f- as fools of character as the others. So it's like, and of course you go on Reddit, it's like pretty much they do a side by side. It's like, and people are like, oh, boycott Space Jam or something, you know, <laughs> bring her Lola back. I'm like, come on, guy. And these people that grew up in 96. I mean, those 96 was 2021. I, for one, like the design. I mean, this is a character, first was introduced to the film, but eventually they pretty much add her to, like, the Looney Tune community. Like, you know, she pretty much made sporadic appearances in, like, some, like, made-for-DVD films, like Tweety's Big Adventure. She was a news reporter, and, of course, I think she didn't, she got more of a better personality 
and more like comedic in the terms when they hit the Looney Tunes show back in 2011. It was performed great by Kristen Wiig, brought that character like a new comedic outlook. You know, trying to give Lola more personality. She wasn't sexualized. She was pretty much, you know, you know, try to be Bugs' girlfriend at the same time. Almost kind of like almost a comedic relief in a sense. Just bring out the comedy essence that's showing that hey, female characters can be funny. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, they decide to space jam too. They bring her in. I like the look that she looks now. That, uh, to me, I'm not complaining about the look. Yes, of course, back in '96, we're growing teenagers. Of course, you know, who who didn't have dreams of dreaming about her? You know, when she was in that sexualized form. I mean, come on. Looking back on it now, I don't know. It's back. Looking back on it now, I can see why. You know, if you look at the old image of her compared to the new image. Let's see, I can pull up the new image. I mean, if you look at her now, this is like this is like a, this is a picture of her from LeBron. As you can see, she's more toned down. She's pretty much dressed like a WNBA player. If you look at it, she looks more, and you can see they're going for more like the realistic look a little bit, like adding like the fur details. Because I guess well, that, yeah, because of the technology now. Well, supposedly with the synopsis of this movie, I was saying earlier in, in the podcast that it's like it takes place in a virtual space, right? And like Don Cheadle plays like an AI program or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like. And the kids that look like LeBron and his son are like playing like this virtual game or something, and they're first going around this virtual space. Of course, you know virtual reality technology. Yeah. And his son pretty much gets like taken up by him. So it's up to LeBron to team up with the Looney Tunes to try to save his son, basically. And the the team that Don to save LeBron's son. Yeah. And then yeah, because LeBron's playing a movie version of himself, basically. Right. Like an yeah. embellished version. Like Jordan. Like Jordan, pretty much. Yeah. And that but uh, Don Cheadle, the character he plays. It's kind of like almost like this AI program-esque character, mm. but he ends up, you know, he's got he challenges LeBron to a team, and LeBron ends up picking the Looney Tunes to help him out. Well, but I thought she was seeing comprised of super-powered versions of WNBA NBA stars. Right. So that's basically, and this is like the first screenshots of Entertainment Magazine. So, I mean, it's one of the things like to me, like <laughs> it's like they said, it's like that was one of the things was the little bunny thing, like. I have no issues with it. Like I said, it's 21 people. We have to change. We have to evolve. Um, sure. Uh, that's the thing. Like, I wish I would care more about that shit, but I don't... And, I, and, and all power to LeBron for doing this or whatever. Um, I was fine. I was personally fine with with just having the way it was Space Jam was. I don't know why we're making everything, remaking everything, but I get it. It's whatever. It's fine. Um, I personally don't see either way. I think it's... it's I mean... I'm not saying that we don't sexualize characters. We that's been do it's been like that for years. Mm-hmm. I'm talking years, people. So the ones who are up in arms about it, I understand both sides, obviously, because you could see the rebellion or the the backlash from the other community. Or like, what the hell? We like the original one. Well, first of all, that's just creepy, anyways. But like you mentioned, yeah, you're, it's you're you're. It's also you know you're when that movie came out. I'm sure like it would it was making people feel a certain way, and that's fine. Um, but if you if you see it as you're getting like aroused by a cartoon, I whatever like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you know that there's a market for it. Um, is it wrong for people to feel that way? No. Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. The movie's still being made. It's not going to stop production because of that. Um, they they try to find some sort of middle ground. But and as you can tell, this is a for, it's it's for a family. It's supposed to be family friendly. That's what they say, but it's not. It, it's never the case because it, the kid's not buying the ticket. The parent is mm-hmm. essentially. So like, it, it's yes, Looney Tunes is always gonna be for the family. 
LeBron's a pretty recognizable character in the world of basketball and probably na- internationally as like just as much as Jordan was. Um, and it's cool that he is getting a movie. I just don't understand why we're making it now. The one thing I do say I like is the jersey color is cool. I like the jersey look. Um, it looks kind of cool, yeah. It looks fine. Like I, I think it's interesting. I'm glad they didn't just copy the Toon Squad one. Well, it's still... Let's make... I know it's, I know it's still Toon Squad, but I'm saying... I like, like, I like the designs more modern-esque and... No, I mean, I just... I, I liked how they the incorporated colors, yeah. the, the orange, like... Like the circle graphic like, yeah, in the bottom, yeah. Like they made like that. The, their I, own. I do like the color a little bit because it's a they cool. actually made it look like an NBA jersey. Yeah, that's what I like too. Yeah, it's got the not like it, the last one. You can tell it's like a in the way it looks. It's like you can tell it's it's the Nike slash LeBron brand almost. Ask yeah. you think about it. So it's like you're promoting both things. I like it. it's more realistic if you think about it. I think that's probably why they made the Bluetooth. Kind of like that CG look, like they're trying to do, like they did with, like you know, Detective Pikachu, try to get like that realism almost aspect of it. Well, I mean, they which should. It looks, it looks just They did. It's, it's like I said, we got the technology now, and you know, hand drawn animation is pretty much, you know, you know, paper animation is gone. We're seeing everything's all digital now, so it's going to give it a fresh enough look. It's a, I mean, you already had, you already introduced the Looney right now with HBO Max. You already had the, the shorts that got rebooted. And they got rebooted as well. Um, another thing from the spaceship thing, it's I think it's <laughs> I don't know your take on this Spico, but it's been talked so far about Pepe Le Pew. Oh, actually, actually, yeah. So supposedly the character, I don't know if you want to give your opinion on it, but let me read the thing about apparently there was a scene that was that pretty much um, this is from Deadline. And it says here, and the headline was, Pepe Le Pew won't be appearing in one of our Space Jam sequel. And it says here, not only he was in the first one, but it says, well, the lead to French scum, he sees contrary to wake a New York Times columnist, Charles M. Blow, slamming that the character, character added rape, so in quotes, added to rape culture. That line has learned that a hybrid live action animation scene between Jane and Virgin actress, Greasy Santo, and Pepe Le Pew was shot back in June 2019 for Space Jam 2 was left on the cutting room floor. Just here, the Pepe Le Pew will likely be a thing that will pass across all media. Warner Bros. also has no current TV series featuring the skunk, and there are no plans to have appear on Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny Builders, Titans University, or future projects. Sources confirm the deadline. And, and look, I mean, and here's the sequence against the kind of like, here's the sequence that supposedly was cut. Says here, boy, to hear about the scene in which Pepe was cut. And it says the artist and famous fire information. This is what the, the, the person wrote this article and credit the author, um, Anthony D. De La Sandro. Sorry, I'm butchering your name. But pretty much says he typed in that I understand Pepe's fire information too much. It has nothing to do with the recent remarks made by New York Times Blow, but we actually hear about the scene with Pepe, which was cut. Supposedly, the scene was Pepe was set to appear in a black and white classic rock and like Rick's Cafe sequence. Pepe playing a bartender starts hitting on women at the bar played by Santo. He gets kissing her arm, which he pulls back, then slams Pepe into the chair next to hers. She then pours her drink on Pepe, slaps him hard, sitting and spitting in the stool. We just then stop by LeBron James' hand. James and Bugs Meyer looking for Lola, and Pepe knows her whereabouts. Pepe then tells the guys that the penalty cat has followed the string owner gets him. James makes a remark in the script that Pepe can grab other tools without their consent. I'm probably learning, and then so she says, um, upon learning that her scene with Pepe was cut, Santo was upset, pointing to her spokesperson. The actor singer has been the victim of sexual harassment and has spoken out against a year recording a debut single, Bullshit, Bullshit, back in Bullshit, 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 back in February 2018, when Walter Grammy was recording producer of the 
the Connecticut to empower women to stand to sexual predators and sexual harassment. So, it's a nonprofit, and we're great to see what's interesting power because the method of violence can make your lives better. So, I'm enjoying shooting this patient sequence with Ben Paper because this guy finally gets his comeuppance. Uh, Says there's supposed to be first time until deadline today. This was such a big deal for Gracie to be in this movie. Even though Beck is a cartoon character, if anyone was going to slap a sexual harasser like him, Gracie wish it would have been her. Now the scene is cut, and she doesn't have the power to influence the world through younger generations. But we'll be watching Space Jam 2 to let younger girls and younger boys know that Beck's behavior is unacceptable. And since Warner Bros. has encountered problems with the previous years, so Looney Tunes played the game correct characters. Last year, the old Looney Tunes streaming on HBO Max banned over fell from using a gun, given the modification response to U.S. gun violence. Reach Warner Bros. and Apple like comic representation for Space Jam 2. James is producing a sequel alongside Ryan Cooler, Duncan Henderson, Maverick Carter. So, I mean, I wish I would have kept the scene just to show that, hey, you know, that that behavior is not right. To me, I don't know why they cut the scene. It's an article. They're saying it's not because of the article. Honestly, they should have kept the scene. take on the whole Pepe Le Pew things. I understand back in the day, um, I don't know, watching those cartoons back in the day, I can understand why those cartoons probably will slide into this culture. Because it shows him trying to get with a girl out her son. Because it's his pursuit saying he's like the ladies man, but he, he tries to get a girl once, basically. If that's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. It's like, it's pretty similar to what I want to say with some of these kids Johnny Bravo. The similar, very, basically the same character, just a human as opposed to a skunk. Um, but John Rowe gets his butt kicked every single time. Though. But he's the same thing. He thinks he's a ladies man, but he's not. Pepe's the same way. He, he tries to get with that one other skunk, and he ends up getting a cat. Or whatever. She's a cat, but she always gets like or that. Cat, yeah. For some reason, he ends up getting a white strap on her back, and he, I mean, she always gets confused for a skunk. Right. Um, uh, no, a coworker was talking about it today. Um, it's kind of uh, Jesus Christ. It's. Uh, these things are going to continue to pop up because we're, this is taken into effect, this weird minority voice of having to cancel a bunch of shit um, for these past several years, I want to say. And it's going to hit a fan. It will hit a point where... And I think a big, a big reason I think these things do get pretty, pretty propagated strongly too is just... Like, for instance, you said it's not this article, and then their PR stunt thing was saying, no, it's not the article, but it clearly is, obviously, if the article got it, went viral, right? So, it's, it's for some reason, I don't, it's, it, it puzzles me that these, it doesn't puzzle me, but it's, I find it very fascinating that these corporations are, are, are appealing to the, the small minority group of these individuals who are calling for things that, they deem, I guess, you know, wrong. And, when, and I'm not saying it's not wrong. It's just that I. it's funny when a corporation, like it's very odd when a corporation's doing that, where all the corporations do are in a business of providing a product or a service that appeases the majority, the mass. And then they think, and as we saw it, like we'll take the Super Bowl, for example, we saw it, All you saw all these big companies advertising shit that would include like the stuff with, with the pandemic going on, but also like uh, trying to appeal like to the like I guess I guess the previous generation, and then you got them kind of doing uh what is that? Oh, I forgot what it's called. Oh, what's the word for it? Pandering toward towards certain things like 
Jake Francis what I said about the Wayne's World shit. Like it's it's kind of it it was just it, cringy the whole time. Like anybody watching that commercial and liked it, I'd be very surprised. But it's like stuff like that. They think that's the, that they think that's what we want to see, but it's not. It's like a minority people. And look, I feel for those people too. There are things I can agree with what what they call out on certain shit. It's just that. I don't understand why we're not taking things objectively anymore. Like, the way we grew up like that, like, or at least in the times that we were growing up, yeah, sure, the 90s was a lot more prosperous than I would say in previous years, but it doesn't mean that we didn't see the same shit. Like, look, we're Latinos. It's, there's, it, it, we're, I was talking to my coworker today, like, he's like, he'd be pissed. He's like, damn, I'd be pissed if they take out Speedy Gonzalez. He's one yeah, of my but it's funny dudes. because Gabriel Glasses is the voice of Speedy in Space Jam too. But they don't care, dude. Even, even, Gabriel, even care. Gabriel Glasses went out and said, hey, I voice this character. It's like, but the fact that he has to do that is just, it's ridiculous. Like, um, it's a Mexican playing a Mexican. Like, what do you guys, like, we don't have, so, it, okay, so the way I put it this way is this, how are you going, how is this minority people calling out the representation of the one character we get like for that particular example for the one thing that we get we have people shouting out about like no we need more representation for for uh, people of color and all that stuff but then you didn't you then you take out our shit like mm-hmm. yes we, us as latinos whatever like we we grew up on that speeding on Zaza. it was nice to see that our character was represented in some way when coco same thing they captured our culture very nice that's a great example like, of, is he, is he of, of respecting the diversity and the culture that's within this planet. Yeah, Disney Pixar. Not pander to it. Like we don't want pandering. We just, if you're gonna represent us, do us some justice. Not, not this whole like, we're gonna give you the least. Co- we're gonna hit all. It's like a fan servicing towards culture. Like yeah. I, we don't want that shit. It's that's like stupid. like right now with the Dr. Seuss books. Like those books are no longer being reposed. But that was a, like, that was by on. the estate. That was by the estate. That was, they chose that. Yeah, and that's their right. That's their right. And then like that's I said, right. with Pepe I understand with Pepe Le Pew. The way, like, yeah, like I said, those cartoons probably won't hold up. Now. Go to France. That's that's how they are. That's how, like, most like Honestly, men he was par- were he was yeah, he was parodying the French parody per- caricature. How, you know, the fr- the character of France. You know, France like the city of love, Paris. You know, he's overzealous. He's romantic. Yeah, he's grabbing. He's tra- he's kissing the girl. People in Europe are more are more are more or less inhibited than we are because in this and plus this was made in the 50s. it's not taboo. It's and plus not taboo. this made in the forties, the fifties, sixties, which is a different time compared to now. Yeah, those cartoons won't go up now. No, of course not. No, I but I understand why you know. They took him out. It's because out of maze is because of the article, and it's like I totally understand. It's like and comparing that to rape culture. Honestly, she kept getting away. So honestly, but this is the things that the article pulled up. I guess these are the highlights of it. It's just so strange. Because it says his RW blogs are mad because I said people who edits rape culture. Let's see, number one it says here comments Charles and below claims in a tweet today that Lewington's character edits rape culture. Our blogs are mad because I said people who had Let's see. Number one, he grabs kisses a girl slash stranger repeatedly without consent and against her will. Number two, she struggles mightily to get away from him, but he won't release her. He locks the door for escaping. It's true. Plus, gave us often paper clutches. But there's no reason why. He smelled. He's a skunk. Did you not? Did that dude did not see the stink lines animated coming out of Pippa's tail? He's a skunk. She's trying to wait because she can't smell his ass. And that's what Cats I mean by that. Cats knows his Skunks knows his. Who knows if they're sensitive or not. But you ever been near a skunk or actually, you know, in an area where a skunk recently, you know, sprayed? That shit smells like it. Like, it's terrible. It's terrible, guys. 
It's terrible. That's what I say. Go back and watch those cartoons. Not in the sense of what he's doing, but look at. You might think every time she, there's sometimes where she pretty much, you know, he gets doused in pain or something and his smile goes away. He becomes the victim. Where probably Pussy ends up getting the upper hand on him. So it's like, uh, to me, it's like. She plays this game, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then, of course, I want to pull up the whole uh, Dave Chappelle joke from Killing Him Softly. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, then I, it's, okay, I understand that situation. Yeah, it was funny back then, but now, yeah, it's not gonna carry. Now. Yeah, it's not gonna fly. So, I article pulled up um, Linda Jones, who was the daughter of the late creator uh, Chuck Jones. Mm-hmm. And speaking about the controversy, I read this article from from comicbook.com, written by Kofi Atla. And it's a report from TMZ. Linda Jones said that she strongly disagrees with a recent New York Times open end, which says that people who are less pursuing who's going to be unfortunate and express great culture. Linda Jones created Connors that knows by saying that people who watched the Lothar's skunk character never took away a message that her that harassing, let alone rape people, never took away a message. Jones' report went as far as the point that people who never rape anyone in any of his cartoon shorts and doesn't even deserve to be canceled, carried down as based on sequel. And it says here that sometimes Jones puts out that modern just need to remember that in the 1950s, and she said, like it says here, Jones says the cartoons more about how much he stunk as a suitor, despite that thinking he was desirable. Jones also admits that watching movies through the lens of modern society makes him look like he's breaking all kinds of rules. Like I said, same time Jones points out that modern artists need to remember that in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, societies of those eras were likely to associate with people with rape and of those thoughts. Very much not, not very part of social discourse at that time. So many of Chuck Jones's characters weren't inspired by real life pop culture figures, themes, or trends that types of cartoons were made in. Pippin always seems like a clear spoof of the ideas of romantic pursuit in film and television, particularly European media. It doesn't take much research to learn Chuck Jones modeled the character after a colleague named Ted Pierce, who somewhat delusionally thought himself a ladies' man who was able to engage with him. So, what do you think of that? What do you think of that argument? They're not arguing. I mean, they're just like... They're, and she brought like, I would say that point it's, is like... It's, it's, it's bringing up the rationality of common sense and basically saying like, you can't expect all this to hold up. Nobody is. But it's just, like I mentioned, there's a small vocal crowd that's getting this platform to where they can do these things. Like, goddamn, like, are we going to... Are we going to, like I mentioned, there's going to be a tipping point where it's literally going to get ridiculous. It's already ridiculous in the, this is the beginning stages of it, right? And 
like to the point that they're gonna start taking away even the dumbest shit. Like I think my coworker was even mentioned something about that they're gonna change the shit with skin cream. It, it's fucking weird. Like out of all the things to being to being offended by at this point, like you guys, the real issues right now are the people who are maneuvering the things in this world. Not not these cartoons that you do not need to watch. Not these not these this weird misrepresentation of characters in certain movies that yes they got it down wrong but you remember like the people who fund these projects in hollywood are are probably people who have this weird weird closeted view of the world and if they have their own personal biases funded into that particular project it's going to happen it's just it's going to happen and if it's not your money it's not going to happen like I would love to, I, as much as I would love to have more rep- representation or to have things change in certain arenas of and aspects of society, you got to pick your battles because you're not doing anything anything justice by going after those type of things and then and then turning a blind eye to true injustice that's that takes on physical forms. Not and I know media plays a big factor in what we take in every day because there, it is considered entertainment, what, however you see it or not. I mean, but at the end of the day, you, you there is a choice that's being made on your behalf if you decide to give money to certain things. But unfortunately, you gotta you you bite the bullet in some areas. Now, considering that these are two very well known um, characters in in, uh, in the Warner Brothers universe. I, is it weird to see all this shit happening now? Not necessarily because the culture's been taking... Like, that cancel culture type of stuff has been taking on... Like, it's it's reported on. So I don't necessarily blame that. I blame the blogs. I blame the articles that were that are getting thrown around. That could do go viral. I mean, I know... I know Twitter is a, is a platform that really is pretty fast when it comes to things getting posted on. I mean, I don't use it, but I get it. Like, it seems to be a very highly highly favored social media and i get it i mean obviously like i respect jack dorsey for having to create something like this and then maintain two companies that have been successful because of it but it's just impossible it's it's gonna it's it's literally impossible to get this stuff figured out and done it just doesn't you know what i mean like it's not gonna happen like you're you you're it's never gonna stop that's what i'm like and that's where I go back to: is it is it is having an objective view on things a crime now too? Mm-hmm. That like, if, if the if the realm of discussion is not possible, I would think with podcasts kind of having a great uh, burst of of popularity within this past decade, you would think that with longer form discussions being taken place on different uh, by different people and different they're coming from different walks of life with different expertise. And then their own personal opinions. You would hope that like some of these people would take the time to actually go and listen to some of these people, and then they're trying to understand a different viewpoint. Look, I, for example, like I, I work with a bunch of conservative people, and that's totally fine. We may agree on some things, but not everything, and that's fine. But I'm not going to beat their head over it. Like it's their it's their own personal things, and if they feel this way, all power to them. But at the end of the day, I'm just I'm collecting my check, so <laughs> it's fine. Like. I'm not gonna go to bed at night because my boss thinks this way or whatnot. Like, if it's at the end of the day, if, he's, if, if that person isn't disrespecting me, then who the fuck am I to like start calling shots towards my boss of this? That? And my boss is a female. Yeah, and like I respect her a lot. Like she's she's got her own opinions. She's go, she's been through it. Like her, she's first generation from immigrant parents, like we were. 
There's no fucking di- like. And if she feels to be conservative, like our own father, so fucking be it. Because they came from different places and they understand the privilege that America does have in a lot of aspects on how people can live their lives in this country. I'm not a, the biggest fan of America because I know there's other countries that do it a little better than we do. But for the most part, when you're in this country, you just gotta. You, what you can is is improve the shit around you first before you start doing shit like that where we're taking out car- like we're trying to take out cartoons I, honestly, I understand the actual humans but cartoons like fuck honestly you want to see a different tone down version of you check out Looney Tunes from 2011 yeah. when they had these different writers turn the Looney Tunes into a sitcom they ate Bugs Bunny and I enjoyed the 2011 Looney Tunes series that was on Cartoon Network because it took the cartoons of Looney Tunes gave them more of a sitcom feel made them more modern like they made like Bugs and Daffy do Two guys are pretty much like opposites, and then made them as roommates, made them as housemates. You know, Bugs being like moving out of the rabbit hole, owning a house in suburbia, and pretty much, you know, he because he, he gets patents from creating the caterpillar. Of course, D- Daffy being there, being his himself, you know, booching off of Bugs, but you know, Daffy's not the brightest, but he's there as a cop relief. And then you know what they do with the was They gave these characters, you know. Jobs. I mean, Elmer Fudd and Seven Hundred. He's a newscaster. Um, they Lola. You know, like I said, going back to Lola Bunny and of her being athletic, they decided to give her a more community personality. She comes from an affluent family. She might be the, and she, you know, she comes from a, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a rich family, but she doesn't doesn't show it, and she does anything to get Buzz's attention. Um, but at the same time, all right, so like two things on her own, trying to help others as well. Then you got, they gave Daphne, you know, Tina, who to me was a good character because she was pretty much the rational thinker to compensate with Daphne's impulsiveness, you know, crazy schemes and stuff. But at the same time, you know, then you had uh, Speed Gonzalez, which to me, you know, then up toning him down. And I mean, he's fast, but now they made him as an entrepreneur. He ran a pizza joint for crying out loud. He made him an entrepreneur. And then Peppa Pig only made very few princes like her too. And then he only appeared like a couple of times as like a wedding as a wedding planner. That was it. He wasn't a Lothario. He wasn't, you know, going after women. He was like a wedding planner. So if you want to see that toned down version, that's something they could have done with. But at the same time, you know, seeing that scene, that scene should have been should be kept in this upcoming sequel just to show that, hey, it's not always right. Yeah, those cartoons are bad, but at the same time it's like you're gonna cancel a character. It's like, like I said, it's going back to what I said many, many episodes back. Many, many episodes like this whole cancer culture. You're canceling things. It's also like kind of like erasing history. So it's like trying to take this character away. It's like saying you're erasing like it never happened. So it's like okay, but it's like I said, but that go back and watch the 2011 Looney Tunes show. I think it's on Verb, but it might be on HBO Max. I'm not sure. But check it out. I watched that whole series. It only lasted like two seasons. But it was good. It gave Looney a more toned-down version of them. Which, honestly, that show should have kept going. I mean, yeah, they had like little Roadrunner Wally Coyote. They could go after the Roadrunner Wally Coyote for crying out loud. Because Wally Coyote, you see all those gadgets trying to get the Roadrunner. You're going to say you can cancel them too? Cancel Roadrunner Wally Coyote because, you know, Wally Coyote, he's hungry. Let's go after our Roadrunner. You know, it's survival to fitness out in the desert. And of course, he's just acting products, but every time I use them, what happens? They end up failing. Yeah. It's basically a parody that sometimes technology is not always good. <laughs> so, you want, 
So like I said, check out the 2011 Looney Tunes cartoon series. Going man for two seasons. You watch that. Watch that because to me it was a more toned down, kind of like a human esque version of Looney Tunes, like a sitcom style. And it was enjoyable. Like they had a really good cast. Come on, they had Kristen Wiig as a little bunny. I mean, Fred Armisen was freaking Speedy Gonzalez. Like I was saying, Speedy Gonzalez was an entrepreneur yeah, in the show. And he did a good job. But he, and Speedy Gonzalez was an entrepreneur. Yeah, he was fast, but he was an entrepreneur. He owned a, what, he owned a restaurant or something? Yeah, he owned a pizza place. Yeah, you see? He owned a pizza place, and that's Italian food. What, you guys are gonna get him back because he's, he's a Mexican who doesn't run an Italian joint? Go to Panda Express and tell me who's cooking your rice. Yeah, <laughs> fucking shit. But anyways. But yeah, so overall, okay. I understand for Nat Test play those cartoons, yeah, they, they won't fly today. But it's like another thing taking those cartoons seriously. Look at those cartoons from an objective point of view. Look at more like from a historical point of view because those were depicted at time. That's why now you watch like Battle of Disney Plus now, like the old animated films, they start putting disclaimers out before you watch the film now. Like you watch Aristocats or Dumbo, they actually put a disclaimer saying the following about the seed depicts, you know, imagery that does that was portrayed back in the air that it was created does not reflect the views of the company today. That's all they did. They put a disclaimer. Same thing here. Look at it more from a historical objective point of view. If you don't like this character, then don't watch it. Don't watch the old cartoons. If you don't want to show your kids, fine. You want to show that history, that's fine. I'll leave it up to you guys. But to me, it's like the whole cancer culture is becoming more and more prominent now. But it's like you're erasing history. But that's why it's good to have two points of view. But like I said, look at this stuff from an objective point of view. Then, you know, I'll give you a point. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. It's up to you. You guys have a decision. I'm not going to influence you. Because not to, it's not going to influence you. No, I don't, I don't care enough. I don't care enough about what you... I'll hear it out, but I'm not gonna, I don't care enough to where it's going to really, truly hurt me. In some Honestly, way. it's not. Like, I, what hurts me is being called racial slurs in my face, like 24-7, being profiled and shit about stuff that has nothing to do with it. And it has to me in the past. And even then, was I angry? Of course. But at the end of the day, it, it's it's just a, unfortunately, it's just an aspect of society that that for some reason humans are still attaching to that this is like such a big difference to I want. It's like bursting bubbles. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not, it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking it, you only have one you know waking up is a blessing really right so I don't want to go to ha- go to bed hanging on to like this hateful like things that I I just feel like when you don't come from a family that comes from another country or that did never experience any of that stuff. I think it's just it's it's almost impossible for you to honestly f- understand that side. You can only understand so much, and that's why I hate sometimes even the people who think that we don't have a voice to voice that stuff, and so we need other people who maybe feel this sort of guilt mm-hmm. to want to help us. And look, we all need help. I get it, but sometimes like I think the best way to help us as as well, I guess you could still consider it minorities, but I don't think that's the case anymore. But um, is helping people from different cultures. That of oppression and whatnot is to try to understand their plight and not necessarily and then ask them what they feel can be changed not what you think they think should be changed at the end of the day because we just want to work hard that i think that's why a lot of people come to america too is that 
it's an opportunity. It's a land. Yeah, they say land of opportunity, but it's more or less it's a land of opportunity if you seek it, not if it's given to you. Like, there's only so much you can do with your own resources and wherever you're coming from. But if you do take a chance and you work hard and get there, that's still that still works. Working hard is still an age old pastime. That it's it's a it's a principle life. You you have to work hard, and hence why I say like these people are focusing so much energy on on those things that are they really physically hurting you some we're talking about like you said cartoons from several decades ago that we grew up on and i like am i gonna start hating uh tom from tom and jerry because he beats on mice but your ass is gonna have a mouse in your house and you're probably gonna want to beat it too like get the fuck you know what i mean what i'm saying is like are we gonna or like Mm -hmm. Like, are we going to start doing that now, too? Like, no, come on. Because if that's the case, we can go back with Disney and do the same shit. We could do it all day. We could do that all day. We can do this. And what is it going to accomplish in the day? More hate, more more people just, like, rolling their eyes, still thinking, like, oh, my God. Like, they can't even take – like, are we going to get to the point where we can't even take a joke anymore? And that's, that's what hurts me the most because comedy is so important in the human experience. And if we don't have comedy, I don't – what are we doing here? What are we doing? If you can't laugh at yourself, what's the point in starting to focus on other people's flaws or, or whatever, miscomings? Like, you got to laugh at yourself at the end of the day. And I just find that's moral of the story is just pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Find something more suitable than this digital outrage that doesn't. Like, if you, if, like, if I, if I didn't hear from the coworker kind of say it, like Papa said about it and, and mentioned it to us. I would have known about it, and either then, I would have just been like, that's just funny. Like, if you were literally telling me that right now as a first reaction, I'd be like, that's fucking stupid. That would be my reaction. That's dumb. Yes, was he rapey? Of course. We all knew it. He was He was pretty rapey. Right? But it never happened. And, uh, yeah. It was a cartoon. But I get it. Yeah. The connotations that were used, it make, I get it. I understand. That's what I'm saying. Like, I do understand the things that you could pick out that that project that, it, that, that character, that image of somebody who... Who thinks that they can infringe upon someone's personal space and all that shit? Like I get that, but it's it, it, it does it contribute to rape culture? God, no. But then then you have to say cavemen were were contributing to rape culture. Um, you can you can say that to just about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we are. Like now we're back again shit out and stuff and like and like we said there's a lot of there's a lot of hypocritical double standards too because I'm sure if a male came out and said a a woman was doing that I mean I remember we watched what was that movie called um was it like the horrible bosses with the yeah that one what's his name yeah Charlie Johansson was basically the Pepe Le Pew in that movie and I didn't see fucking outreach with that. Nobody said shit about that. Oh, no, funny because girl does that to guy. Funny, ha, ha, ha. And she did it multiple times in the movie. Like, And he had a wife. Mm-hmm. And that was his boss. Nobody said anything. It's co- Oh, but it's in a comedy movie, so it's cool, right? That's, what, that's where I'm like, oh, so we can only be... We can only be subjective and critical to the one side. And then the same thing complaining about the other side as far as conservatorship goes... They're just as hypocr- hypocritical, both sides. So it's just like, it's hilarious. It's just like, 
Hence why I'm like, what is this going to end? Well, but like I said, we'll see how the movie goes. I mean, I'm not HBO Max, but we'll see. Um, one thing I do want to mention, uh, speaking of comedy, uh, I, end up, I end up seeing Coming to America, the sequel. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, and I thought, it, honestly, the movie was funny. I enjoyed it. Of course, our mom's a big Eddie Murphy fan. Because every time we talk about Eddie Murphy, she's like, she lets up because she remembers all the movies she, he, she watched when she was younger. Yeah, it's one of her favorite actors. One of her favorite actors. And honestly, it was really good. I mean, it did a lot of calls to the original, but the one thing, I mean, they had a lot of dance numbers, which is the best choreography I've ever seen. I'm not much of a dancer myself, but really good sequences. Um, and according to this article from IGN, um, pretty much was the biggest uh, viewership this weekend. Had the biggest numbers beat Wonder Woman 88, you know, beat Borat 2, 184, I mean, 184. And was, like I said, it was really good. I mean, of course, they had Riot and the Last Ride came out that same weekend, unless you have 30 bucks to pay on, on Disney Premiere, but it was really good. I know I didn't give it a six, but. So I, I think what it was was, yeah, it was a callback to the original movie, but at the same time, the storylines were kind of jumbled a little bit because the big thing was, you know, you know, Akeem is king, you know, his dad passes away. James Earl Jones was over there for a little bit. Um, and, of course, you know, he has three daughters with his wife, and the oldest is getting prepped to become possibly the heir of Zamunda. And, of course, at that time, women are not allowed to rule. So he's still stuck in those traditional ways. But he ends up finding out that he had this, and, of course, he has this warring country run by uh, Wesley Snipes, who's the place as a dictator or generalist, who, you know, at first they were trying to do one of those, like, political marriages, like having, you know, Akeem's daughter marry his son, and she doesn't do it. And, of course, finds out later on through Simi that he has a, he could have a son. Like, James Rizzo finds out that James Rizzo's character, the original king, ends up telling him that, oh, you have a son. That supposedly, you know, he ended up, you know, having when... He when Sydney went to New York. <laughs> so is he? And I mean, the movie was great. I mean, it was good seeing Eddie Murphy at Arsenio Hall back together again, and you know, the brought back a couple of jokes. Louis Anderson made an appearance again. John Amos. Hey, how does he look? Oh man, uh, Louis Anderson. Yeah. Um, and they did call back to McDowell's. It, it, like I said, it was a really you know, they hit the nostalgia point to the to the up. And, you know, because, I mean, the, and Amazon already has the original movie on there as well, so you can watch the first movie before you watch the sequel um, to get the better understanding of the story. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like, the writing was good. I mean, like I said, they had really good dance sequences. And, you know, like I said, they had the callbacks with the jokes. I mean, there was the callbacks to the original. And, like I said, I don't want to spoil the movie too much. But the actors were good. They got some well-known actors. They got really good actors. They had Leslie Jones in it. Um, Tracy Morgan's in it as well. I think Jermaine Clement. Uh, I, get, I forgot what his name. Plays his son. He's not bad at all. He's a good actor. And the daughter and the actress who plays uh, King's uh, oldest daughter, she's really good as well. Obviously, uh, she had more and more time, you know, in terms of character development. Overall, I enjoyed the film. My mom loved the film so much because she said she's a big Eddie Murphy fan. And it's yours. Definitely, guys, they do give it a check. Um, Coming to America is currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video. So definitely check out that film. So, 
Yeah, so definitely check out that film. Like I said, they have the original one as well on Amazon. So if you want to go ahead and make it a double feature night, watch both films. But overall, it was really good. So I like I said, I don't want to give it too much away, but like I said, it was comedy. We're laughing most of the time. So and it was, like I said, the jokes were really good. So definitely check it out. Coming to America, Amazon Prime Video. Um, what else do I wanted to pull up? I think that's what I pulled up so far. How about you, Biko? Anything they could think of that's they saw that was kind of like popping up in socials and stuff? Oh, no, I haven't even looked at fucking socials. Cause, uh, so I, I haven't, uh, I haven't really paid attention to any of that. Cause like when I went to, I went to Houston and then oh yeah, went back to- and even then I've just been. <laughs> I've just been in such a transition of getting ready for like uh, some things in my life changing up um, that I haven't honestly gotten a chance to even somewhat get settled in um, as far as catching up with things like starting a new job and then uh, coming back immediately and trying to move things along. Uh, it's pretty nice though, but like, yeah, I, I wanted to. Um, God damn it, I thought I had this pulled up. But I wanted to mention that. Um, just, just the, I guess on a, on a geographical level, how different, just getting to see like how the South, because I, I got a chance to see how the West Coast is handling COVID. I got a chance to see how we've done it so far. And then I got a chance to see how Houston, specific, yeah, specifically Houston, Texas, how they're kind of doing things. And before I met, I came back from my trip, the same day I was coming back, they were lifting the mask mandate, which was, uh, technically is probably going to start tomorrow where they just are going to go mask free and say fuck it um now based on my observations being there the, i don't i don't know if a lot of people are really going to buy with that because i don't think it's going to be safe for a lot of people working in the service industries still and all that um but for the majority for the most part i saw that people were doing the thing they were practicing social distancing they all had masks and all establishments like everything seemed okay like they didn't they, ne- they weren't going to hound you if you didn't have one, but they were like mentioned, they would mention it to you. Like, hey, we, you know, we recommend, that's what we recommend. It's like they weren't pushing you, but. But they weren't going to be like the, the, the mask parade having to get you. And that's fine. Um, but like I said, for the majority of places, they, everything was spaced out. I mean, if you aren't familiar with going to Texas, a lot of, like, they do take, take advantage of the space they get because it's a lot a lot of places are huge um most of the places i work we're going like it was a mixture of being out outside and inside so they've and obviously their climate with the exception of the ice stuff like they had a few weeks it, it, it was fine like it wasn't the best weather but it was it was perfectly fine so i, I did want to mention that that like I'm their Texans are going to be dealing with that stuff as the time goes by and um, I think there's a big clash between the governor and then all the mayors coming around so I'm sure it's not any different in your case if you're in the United States and then for us in general now um, thank God if you watch baseball they announced like on yesterday that um, they're going to allow fans like 20% capacity for both White Sox and Cubs I get to have fans back so I think they said roughly about 8,000 wow so lucky this year, yeah. What's the as long as you wear masks, you know. So, I guess those Still are the same. a lot of people, yeah. It's not bad. So yeah, they started promoting, you know. I think the mayor life would put like a little video that she did with uh, both White House and Cubs, you know, we're all one team, you know, Chicago, saying welcome back fans or something like a welcome back. So as long as you're wearing masks, and like I said, 
Yeah, I mean, it's slowly starting to open up. Like, it's slowly, like, here up here in the Midwest, it's starting to slow up. Cases are, like, I think it's that Chicago's going down a little bit when it comes to cases. So I think that's why, you know, it, like, Chicago's, like, barely opening up. And allowing, you know, with baseball, you know, right now everyone's in spring training. If you look at the spring training games, you follow spring training games. They have fans in there, but as you can see, it's more spread out. They're in Arizona or in Florida, so everything's mostly spread out. And, you know, allowing, you know, to have fans at least – Right now, at least eight thousand is not bad. At least you can at least have some fans at the sporting event. Get to you know the players will probably feel a little bit having the fans there is you know ways of momentum and you know motivation. You know it's probably it probably sucked last year just playing in an empty stadium. You know yeah exactly. Yeah. It wasn't like that field. Yeah, pumping in like fake crowd noise and stuff. Even though in Wrigley you have the rooftops, but you can tell the rooftops were practicing social distancing too. But it's like yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully. If, t- if work permits, I'll try to go to a game <laughs> at least once. But who knows how much the tickets are going to be. But with being that it's limited. Um, what they want to point out, you know, if you are a pro wrestling fan, um, they did, like, I was watching a little bit of Monday Night Raw last night. And they are pushing, like, tickets are going to go on sale, like, a week from t- not today uh, for WrestleMania. They're doing two nights in Tampa, Florida. They're going to do it at the Raymond James Stadium. I think they are going to do a limited capacity as well. But they're doing it for two nights, so they're spreading like the matches that much, so that way, to get to the, that way they can control more of like the capacity and stuff for the two nights. Mm. So they're they're announced that, so it's back in business. And of course, um, if you have W Network, of course we talked about this a while back about going to Peacock, and they just released more details about the transition to Peacock. So pretty much, you know, basically what I read based on what they released, so Peacock released it, WWE released a statement as well about the transition. Supposedly March 18th is when they'll slowly start adding content from WWE Network on Peacock. So problem is if you're already our subscriber to WWE Network, they're not going to carry your account over. So basically what you need to do is cancel your account, open a premium one. But what they're doing right now is if you pay $9 now, they're basically pretty much gonna give you like four months a peacock for two fifty dollars two fifty a month if you do ten dollars now like it's like a discounted price because peacock with a premium was like five bucks with ads and what they're doing with WWE Network, they said um they'll have a few things on there but they'll have all the current pay-per-views so they'll have like your know, fast lane the first one they're gonna have but network still be up available in the u.s until the until april 4th they said that's when Peacock you will take over the U.S. region of the W Network, and it said pretty much all the content, eventually all the old archive content and stuff will eventually will be finally on the network before what they claim before SummerSlam because it's a lot of stuff they got to pull over. Mm-hmm. You're per, they're probably shutting down the U.S. servers, but I mean WWE Network is still going to be alive in the international markets. It's just here in the U.S. It's all going to be on Peacock. So just be prepared, guys, for the transition. <laughs> But like I said, we'll see how it goes. And like I said, take advantage of that deal. Right now, if you go on Peacock.com and try to sign up for a deal, it's $10 now. And it covers you for four months at $250 each. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out. I learned that. I think pull up something about GameStop. Pull up from IGN. Apparently, it says here, pull up. And headlines from IGN, Rebecca Valentine with the article. It says, GameStop forms committee to lead e-commerce shift. Including former Chewy CEO. It says here, GameStop appears to be gearing up for a major strategy shift, shifting away from existing brick and mortar store model and embracing e commerce. 
Since they're today, the company announced formation of a new strategic planning committee to identify initiatives that could further accelerate the company's transformation. Members of the committee are Alan Attell, Kurt Wolf, and committee chairperson Ryan Cohen. So eventually, probably means that probably will transition possibly to like an e-commerce site, pretty much by online, which pretty much a lot of like industries shifting to, mm-hmm. versus going to like a brick and mortar store. I mean, they're in closing GameStops here, right? Anyways, underwhelming stores, so right. So we'll see how that goes with that one. Um, under that, um, I'm gonna pull this up because I found this funny. Um, apparently, uh, Soldier Boy decided uh, ever since Bad Bunny started making appearances on WWE television. Um, Soldier Boy decided to chime in his tweets. And uh, tweets. Yeah, apparently, um. When Soldier Boy says here, um, apparently he starts saying stuff on Twitter. And about. This is what Soldier Boy says here. Started saying, comparing that um, wrestling. Says here last week when the rapper tried to equate how fake the rabbit industry is to WWE. Uh, Ryan Orton openly admitted he was a fan. Struck back with a serious tweet. Says fake. Dare pick. Dare just pick to step up. He don't like movies. Consider us actors that do stunts without pads. Two hundred days a year and dope bitch. We get surgery, repair, and come back. Consider us a hundred times tougher than anyone you come across. And I'm gonna be chess. Plus says. But money will probably beat that fight. You continue. Why? How? Because the casino world respects it and knows that it takes the fun. So let me be part of it. You want to talk fake? Pawn that cheap ass chain. Come work for it. You want to hit wonder ass wonder? <laughs> Crank that. Crank came out in 07. You have a hell of a year. Seriously, money. Heads off to my, off to you, my dude. Here's the thing, though. I like rap. I bump that shit all day. Whatever it's. Tune cheap, meek, Jay Z. But you call what I do to so survive fake. F that. Come to my room and say that. Dare ya. So that's what Soldier Boy's been saying. And then, um, apparently, you know, Drew McIntyre and, uh, had, uh, says, Orton reunited to be following this week's Raw between foes and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus following their buying no DQ match. Dude, look at this, dude. They beat the shit out of each other. Look at it. And it says, uh, this is what, um, This is what uh, Van Orden like, tweeted. The, the, he retweeted this picture from WUK Division. It says here, this is what Van Orden says on Twitter. It says, fake, right? Ask Soldier Boy. By the way, which one of your baby's mamas do I send the bill to for making you relevant again? I assume they owe, owe you ass, so who's cutting those checks? Who's cutting those checks? It says Soldier Boy responded by Darren Orton's seven matches. Book on their respected networks. And this is what Soldier Boy says. Yeah, that shit's fake, homeboy. And I don't got no baby mamas, fool. Looks like you're the one looking for relevancy. Even talking set up so I can slide on you for the game. You think shit's sweet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I guess he posted like the, the net worth as well <laughs> between the both of them. <laughs> what the heck? Oh, man. So, what do you think of that, dude? The whole freaking Soldier Boy versus Randy Orton Twitter beef? Um, These are just two, well, not really two guys, but Soldier Boy is just. Trying to remain relevant like everything else in, in the entertainment world, and Randy Orton's just some wrestler guy. And I'm not surprised that they're doing that shit on Twitter, but uh, it, it's 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 strange that that's a that's the that's a thing that they're even they're two people with different 
excuse me, different, um, I guess you could say different parts of the entertainment industry, but they're also both like were, were popular in a different time, uh, at least from within the patent within the, I want to say they're more popular in the, the beginning of the 2000s. Yeah, like, that was talking about Soulja I mean, Soulja Boy, don't get me wrong, Soulja Boy was probably like the, the best, probably the best, uh, one of the first people that really use YouTube to an advantage as far as trying to go viral with his music. He, yeah, because YouTube was only, what, 2005 and he came out in 2007? Yeah, like he, he would he would load up um, he would load up songs on YouTube, do all that stuff. I remember he was using LimeWire to like, he would, he would use popular track names like like he would use little wayne songs too like a little the track titles and they'll say little wayne stuff and when you download it it's his song like he would he would go by with that and then he would i i was listening to his mixtapes in 05 but it was that like soldier boy cranked that song was the one that went everywhere and it, it made him a lot of money doing it because it was everywhere it was at all the school fucking dances but like i heard him through the blogs and and, and then downloading shit from limewire and then i would and I, I'm not saying I was a fan, but I, for some reason the the music was catchy to me, and like I liked it. Um, and he was unique in that, in that like even the production style was was definitely of that day. But as it progressed, like he made it his own, and it, it you'd be stupid to not recognize that in the hip hop world how he he was definitely one of those pioneers of of incorporating a social media presence when it comes to branding yourself. And look at what it is today. If you don't have a social media presence. That's not even the biggest thing about your music. Your music can even be super bad, like super mediocre. But if your social media games getting followers and all this stuff, that could provide you some sort of, I guess, some sort of longevity in your career. And this is kind of showing you that, like, he's he's doing, like, he's he's doing this. Like, he's he's. I'm not saying he's a master, but he's definitely someone who should get that recognition and um it's just it's funny and it's just strange that that it's he's whatever twitter beef whatever that even fucking means uh with someone who will probably kick his ass if he ever tried so like these are guys like i mean i understand it's, strange. it's just it, strange i understand people when it comes to professional wrestling yeah it's choreographed but sometimes these can go wrong yeah but you think about it, these people this men and women put their bias on the line you know to show like they're not their toughness but a way to entertain. But since I show, there are athletes. They have to train their bodies to take the impact of, you know, these bumps. You know, to call that stuff fake, it's like, come on. I was watching, was it the show Young Rock? And it's funny how that show, you know, like Dwayne Johnson, you know, it's about based on his life, you know, him growing up and different stages. It shows like different stages of life. It also shows like when he's older, he's trying to run for president at that time. And it's funny, he's got Randall Parker there doing like the interviews. And of course, like an interview person now. It's really good, and it talks about you know he puts that whole thing about how wrestlers felt when he said because at that time, you know there was no kayfabe. The wrestlers had to be on all the time. Then there was no social media back then, so you couldn't tell that you thought these characters were real. <laughs> like Undertaker, he was one of the last remaining guys to keep that gimmick going. And look at this: a couple of years later, now he's doing interviews. He's doing interviews, doing ESPN appearances, doing interviews on Joe Rogan, doing interviews on podcasts. Talk about the industry after you know retiring. Yeah, it's not. But it's like it. Like I said, you take it with the grain of salt or not. But overall, these men and women put their bodies on the line. They give us mad good matches, and it's like, and they do come up hurt. It does happen. Things can go wrong. Things don't go always planned. Look at a guy like Mick Foley. 
the things he did just to get a pop from the crowd. All the injuries he sustained, all the falls he has taken. Losing part of his year in a match in Germany against Vader. Getting caught between the ropes. Or fall, getting, fall off, getting thrown off the hell in a cell. Until now, say, where they didn't have no... Um, nowadays, now they do have like a cushioning under the table. If they do a high spot like that, they do have an air cushion now. But back then, there was no air cushion. So you fall on that freaking table. This pipe was made of cardboard. It really was. They just didn't care for getting it. Because they didn't do that. He ended up dislocating his shoulder and stuff. Undertaker wrestling with her ankle that same night. He was wrestling with a broken foot. And they said, and then he was talking about, was that Joe Owen talking about the him, Mick Foley? Supposedly that that thing that that he didn't expect that, that cage to give away when he chokes that Mick Foley, that thing was supposed to hold. He didn't realize that the pins that were holding that grate were flying off because of the weight. But yeah, it's like putting a line, but like for some sort of shit, and then of course they post the pictures of them with the welts and stuff like damn dude. It happens, they get hurt. Like, yeah, so I don't know, I just wanted to point that out to you because that's one of the things I saw. And of course, um AEW had their like revolution pay-per-view as well, and they announced like the biggest sign that Paul White said Christian signed with AEW as Christian Cage. So he brought his like TNA name and everything. So he's on there now after making an appearance in the 2021 Royal Rumble. So and then, and then of course um Kane Omega and um John Moxley had their uh kind of like tribute to the Japanese matches, like a barbed wire match, so the barbed wire was wrapped around the ring and stuff. And of course, they had the little fireworks, explosives, and stuff when they hit the impact of the ring and stuff. People were pissed off at the ending of the period because I guess the explosion wasn't as big as they thought it was gonna be. I guess it went wrong. And of course, Tony Khan, saving face, said that Kenny Omega didn't know how to rig a thing right, <laughs> disclosing that the explosion was a dodge or something and stuff. But it was, they said it was really good. I mean, the period was good overall. But like I said, and then of course with WWE possibly moving NXT to Tuesday nights. It's a whole like with MC Sports now, um, MC Sports Network like closing by end this year. Like a lot of the hockey and stuff's gonna move over to USA Network and stuff. So oh, yeah, shit. I just want to pull it up. Um, anything you want to say before we wrapped up? I know, but I want to say one thing. This is one thing I actually saw that it popped up. But uh, so I, for Microsoft fans, Bethesda fans in the video game world. Um, I saw today that, um, and this is an article from VideoGamesChronicle.com, mm-hmm. and it says, uh, headlines reading, Microsoft confirms its Bethesda acquisition is complete, and, and uh, in parentheses, or I guess in quotes, some games will be exclusive. So, head of Microsoft, Phil Spencer, says Bethesda will continue making games the way it always has, or I'm guessing Phil, well, I guess you could say Microsoft, right, because they're together now. But, uh... Really bought them. Don't feel like. Um, but yeah, so he, I guess he's a head person for Bethesda. But um, they officially completed the acquisition of Zenix Max Media, parent company of Bethesda Softworks, as it was announced on Tuesday, which is today. Um, in quote, it's an honor to welcome the eight incredibly talented development studios Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, Zenimax Online Studios, Arcane Machine Games, Tangle Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studios, and their passionate global communities for the Xbox family. Head of Xbox Phil Spencer everything's official we can begin working together to deliver more great games to everyone um and then they're just basically double down on saying that it's always what they've always done and they want to continue to to bring that success and and great quality games um now i guess that the questions up in there that people are in the comments discussing is whether some games are going to remain exclusive or not 
or releases being released based on the contract. Yeah, based well, depending on which certain titles or properties are going to be put. Um, gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience the news Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players. That's what Phil Spencer said. So. Now, I think it's just getting people up in arms for that reason, is that, well, which games are going to be exclusive mm -hmm. to Microsoft and which ones are at least going to get put on different um, consoles. Like, yeah. like PlayStation 5. And, um, and, and yeah, this is a big deal. I mean, look, at those are a lot of studios making some good games. They're pretty popular, so and they've been making them for years. So, like, it's very interesting to see. I mean, I, I actually... I. I think this is a good acquisition for Microsoft. I mean, as somebody who has the Game Pass, I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. Like, say for what it's worth, there might not be your, all your favorite titles, but there is a plenty of games in there that you can play. Uh, and with the addition of EA and their EA Games stuff being put on there as well for EA Play uh, as being a part of a, the like a part of the service on on the Game Pass, the, the Ultimate Game Pass. It just makes it more and more worthy to just pay that top, that money to get that pass. If you're a big fan of playing video games and you have access to that every month, they continue to upload new titles every month as well. And it's a great place to do it. So, like, I'm not trying to add for them, but based on my personal experience, I think it's it'd be stupid not to have the Microsoft Game Pass uh, while you own an Xbox. I know they were trying to raise the price, but it wasn't going to happen. I knew they weren't. So, like... If you have the gold subscription now and you don't have the Game Pass, I think you're, you truly are missing out. Um, just because even with the whole weird GameStop stock stuff going on, it, it doesn't mean they're going to retailer their whole business model. Like It's still going to be very predatory. It's still going to take advantage of your money. And it's just not... Like, just get your stuff online. Like, fuck. So, I think this is perfect for Microsoft. I think this is a good move. I don't... I, Let's just see if they, they don't hold certain ones. Cause, I mean, I feel like the Fallout one, their Fallout series would be very dumb for them to make that one. Same thing with the Skyrim series. Same thing with Skyrim. Elder Scrolls series. Yeah, like, they'll, they'll, they would piss off a lot of people, I think, if they were to limit that. Um, I'm sure they'll be... I feel like a lot of the titles that are not that are going to be exclusive are going to be maybe from the other studios under that parent company, but... Um, mm -hmm. But for the most part, it, I think it's good for Microsoft. It, it helps bulk up their, their catalog um, and then obviously makes them more competitive again within the video game sphere. And uh, I guess it's like a, another way of saying you're moved, uh, Sony. But at the same time, it's like, it, hey, it's preference. I mean, the one it's thing preference. I did find out with Sony regardless, because I, have, uh, I play Sony PlayStation, I mean, play PS4. Um, Sony did announce that in August, it's no longer be offering TV and movie purchases or rentals anymore. They're, yeah. they're shutting that aspect of the service down <coughs> due to the fact that a lot of people stream. Yeah. So I did see that. <coughs> Sorry, as well. So, before I go, I do want to give one anime recommendation for the week. Um, the series I'm going to recommend. Right now, it's currently nine episodes in. <coughs> um, I'll read it to you. It's called... It's a long title. But I'm gonna do my best because I am learning Japanese. <coughs> the anime is called Mushoko Tensei Isekai Itada Honki Dasu, which in English is <coughs> Mushoko Tensei Jobless Reincarnation. So, 
Get my throat here. Excuse me. Right now, um, spelled by Studio Bind. It's a uh, five dimension license series. Draw, uh, it's based off a light novel. Genres like drama, magic, fantasy. It's our rating. It's like a rating of R17 plus for violence or profanity. Um, right now, it's currently at 8.4 right now on my anime list. And pretty much, uh, synopsis is despite being bullied, scorned, and oppressed all his life, 34 year old shut it. This still found results in terms of some girl going for it to end in a tragic accident. But a twist of fate, he awakens in the world as Rudius Grey Rat, starting life again as a baby born to look two loving parents. Preserving his memories and knowledge from his previous life, Rudius quickly adapts to his new environment with a mind of a grown adult. He starts to display magical talent that exceeds all expectations, honing his skill with the help of Nation. Roxy, Maria, Rudius learns sorrow play from his father Paul. He meets Sylpha to grow his age, who quickly becomes his closest friend. As Rudy's second chance to life begins, he tries to make the most of his new opportunity while conquering his traumatic past. And perhaps one day he may find the one thing he could not find in his old world, love. This is all, this, this sounds just fun from my anime list. Definitely check out the anime. The animation's actually really cool. Um, they, I think they're slowly going to start doing the dub soon of it, but it's on Funimation. Nine episodes in right now. Check it out. Check out the light now when it's available. That's my anime recommendation. Um... That's pretty much it for the, the, the show. You can check out our backlog on Anchor, Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever your podcast fix. Um, next week, we're actually going to be discussing our top films of all time. We're not going off a list from online. This is going to be our own personal list of top films because I put a poll out on Twitter and you guys chose films. So, Biko and I are going to have a week to write down what we feel are our top favorite films of all time. So, make sure if you have any films you think you want us to check out before we make our decision, you can tweet us at PopTalkin on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at TalkinPop. Once again, you can follow me. If you want to follow me, I am a Twitch streamer. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Fongi685. I am the gamer. You can follow Biko at Wander underscore the void at Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at the franchise 85 Thank you so much for joining me this week. Me and Biko this week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. As always, geek on. Take care. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise of Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.